Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner. I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate, by having a side hustle, by being a freelancer in every single which way possible. Today, I am super pumped to bring on somebody who was a doctor and now stopped doing that because they had to work every day and if they didn't work, they get, didn't get paid and now is a real estate investor buys multifamily or apartment complexes and now doesn't even have to work so he quit being a doctor to be an investor we're going to show you how to do it too all right let's start the show Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? Super glad to have you here on the show with me today. And I love all types of investing. I love all types of businesses. Hopefully you do too. And that's why probably why you're here is because what we talk about is all types of ways to make money out of working that dead end. And I call it a J-O-B, that just overbroke job. And most of you have been seeing a lot of things going on in the economy as well as in the world right now. Everything from inflation, you know, 10% every year. It seems like it just keeps going up. You have interest rates really, really getting high. You have trains derailing and exploding and doing lots of bad stuff. I've seen news of chicken farms where the eggs are produced or catching on fire, literally being exploded, which never happens, but apparently it's happening now. And that's happening. You're also getting banks, literally banks closing and crashing because they are not doing their business right. You have all these things going on at one time, which it does, it is very reminiscent of 2006, 2007, 2008. And so what I did when I was starting to, I guess, go down the path of the idea of being successful and employed, it was back in 2006, 2007, and 2008. And I started investing in real estate. But at the same time, I didn't have any businesses. I didn't have any other ways, like any side hustles or anything to make money. And so in a time where the economy goes bad, you're at, you're really in danger of somebody, a company, an organization, whatever, Let's say they lose money and they need you to not work anymore because they don't have the money to pay you. 
how much or how bad is that going to be? There were so many people back in 2008 that were not down the path of financial independence. They were actually dependent on companies. In fact, I was one of them. And so I got laid off. I've told that story before, so I can't remember which episode it was, but I definitely told that story before. But I got laid off, and I had to figure out how to make money for my family. I was really blessed to find another job pretty quickly, which helped. But then I became a real estate investor on top of that. And now with the economy actually having lots of problems, I'm here to tell you, and I've been saying this probably for a couple years now, this is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. I, I kid you not, better than 2010, 11, and 12. Like, it was great to invest back then. I didn't have enough money to buy all the properties that I could have. And what I'm looking at now, it looks like right now is actually going to be another fantastic time to invest in real estate. And this is why I'm bringing on more real estate investors right now that do different types of real estate investing from, you know, storage units to land investing to apartment complexes, Airbnb, is because this is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. Now, if you started a company where you're selling little things like selling things, well, eventually people run out of money. But if you think about it, everybody needs a place to live. They also need food to eat. They also need to have make sure they're protected. And so if you go after necessities, things that people absolutely need, more than likely, you're going to be able to weather this economic storm, which is literally here. It's just starting like this is the calm before the storm. And pretty soon you're going to start hearing other people start saying, oh, no, the world is falling. You know, the sky's falling and the economy's horrible. You know, it, I remember hearing this back in 2008 and it's going to happen again. So you need to start investing. You need to start building your business. You need to start having a freelance gig. Like You need to have other ways to make money. And this is why we have the show. Now, today I'm bringing on a fantastic real estate investing expert. Like I said in the beginning, he quit his job as a doctor because he knew that he wanted to have financial freedom. If he didn't work, he wouldn't make money. He was at the whims of the insurance companies and all that sort of stuff. And he'll go into sharing all that. But then he also tells us how we can invest in real estate. And I want to see you at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. It's literally all about you. It's no sales pitching. It's literally just us, 40 plus real estate investors showing you how to invest in real estate. Get your ticket. Go to rubecon.com rubecon.com. It's link will be in the description, but I will also give you 10% off of your ticket. So if you use the promo code podcast, I'll know you came from here and you're going to get 10% off. But the biggest thing is you're going to see your mind's going to be opened, maybe even exploded at how awesome real estate investing is. It's a three-day conference here in Phoenix, May 4th through the 6th. It'll be annual. So if you're hearing this sometime in the future, after May of 2023, we're going to have it again every single year. It's just going to be a way for us to learn more about real estate investing, help each other out. In fact, I grow by going to the conference, my own conference, because there's so many other ways to invest in real estate, so many other ways to make money instead of now today. And now let's jump into today's show where I interview a fantastic multifamily or apartment complex real estate investor who was a doctor and is now here to show us how we can do the same thing. Vic Rea is on with me. All right, here we go. Vic, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Dustin. Excited. Pumped up, man. Yeah, this is great. So you and I met podcasting, number one, which is also fun. I mean, that's one great thing about podcasting is you get to meet great people, but at the same time, you learn a ton from. So tell me a little bit about yourself so all the, the audience can hear what you did before and you know becoming successful and employed or being your own person, but then also with investing and everything. But tell us, give us a little bit about what you do now to provide for yourself and your family without working that J-O-B. 
Yeah, I love your word of successfully unemployed. Um, that I, I sort of had, I didn't have that as eloquently put, but I just like knew my goal was, hey, I want to retire from medicine by the age of 40. And I just had that as a mental tattoo imprinted on my brain. I was like, all right, well, and it was not just not because I didn't want to work. I just, I didn't want to work for anyone else. I didn't want to work on anyone else's time frame. I just wanted to create sort of an ideal life of like whatever I wanted to balance out. So, so I went in. I uh, had family members who had heart disease. I thought I need to study this thing. I've had people who've died of heart attacks on my watch. I was like, all right, we got to figure this out. And so I learned internal medicine at Georgetown, went out to Milwaukee for my cardiology. And then I was like, all right, this was a holy grail. I thought this was it. That was, you know, I thought confetti would come from the sky and, you know, angels would sing. And I'm like, I'm there's nothing left in life. I'm just going to cruise. But what happened was I noticed the doctors who were my mentors were struggling. Not that they were making good, decent money, maybe probably 700, 600, 800,000. They were doing good, but they were working like dogs. And and also I noticed that some of their decision-making wasn't purely for the benefit of the patient. They started you know, doing things more for the monetary side effects of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I I didn't think you needed to do that. And then they were they always complain about their job. And so I was like, wow, that's, they don't seem very happy. And so I, I, I made a mental note. I, I want to make sure I earn enough enough money outside of medicine. So when I practice medicine, it's it's on my terms. And so when we finally, my wife and I moved back to DC, we're like, oh, super pumped and excited. So I I thought, let me learn how to create income. So I thought, let me learn about options trading. Super hard, super difficult, got my butt kicked. No way. Then obviously the book that you know launches a bunch of folks is the the Kiyosaki series. And so went out to start doing what we call wholesaling. And I was like, man, how am I running a busy clinic, seeing 40 patients a day as a cardiologist and trying to do wholesaling? It's impossible. There's no way. That's, that's not, a lot of work. That's not going <laughs> to make sense. So then I heard about like, you know, renovations and maybe rehabs and perhaps fix and flips. And so, but then I couldn't afford to buy anything in my area because I was in Northern Virginia, DC, too expensive. And I, I grew up in Atlanta, um, Dustin. So I was like, all right, let me, consider going back there and so my dad and i partnered up we started doing those single family homes and built up a portfolio of about 30 homes and then i was like this is good but i'm like can i i seem it seems to be the game of the the name of the game is controlling more doors and so learn about apartments learn about syndications and then to come full circle retired from medicine now able to do some of my passions like you i love to coach and help people get to where they want to go I like to own real estate in now in multifamily, and uh, I'm I'm still passionate about health and wellness, but uh, but I'm instead of taking care of people who are sick in with cardiology problems, um, I'm doing more biohacking and human optimization and anti aging and reversing disease, and so those are my passions, and so now I get to do all of it. I love it, man. That sounds fantastic. And I got to ask, at what age did you become successfully unemployed? Uh, the day I walked away from my W two was uh, I was about to turn forty, so I was thirty nine. Awesome. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> you, you beat your goal. That yeah. I I had my goal when I was twenty six. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. You know, obviously that's that opened my mind. I was blown away. Passive income? What is this stuff? I, I know you work an hour, you get paid an hour, and then I read about passive income. I thought I got to do that. So when I was twenty seven, I made a goal in ten years. 
I'm going to quit my job. I was blessed at 37 years old to be able to quit my job. So good. Both of us in our thirties be able to literally have the rest of our life. Most people wait until wait, they, they work their lives away until they're 65 or 70 years old. And then sadly, some people, well, the plan is work 60, you know, until you're 65 years old, maybe 40 plus years of your life and then live, retire and then live on what you managed to save that entire time and hope it doesn't run out. Sadly, people go back to work because they don't have any money. Now, if they were thinking about passive income, creating investments, buying properties or doing things that make money outside of working for somebody else, my goodness, they would be able to not have to work when they're in their older age. Okay. Now, this is fantastic. Now, you, you know, people think just like it sounds like you were in the same boat, like, man, you become a doctor, you, give, you obviously help a lot of people, but then also financially, you're pretty set and all that sort of stuff, which it's you and I know that as investors, if you're an investor, you're it's not you that's working. It's your properties that are working. So tell me about your way of investing. Because I love residential, four units and below. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I invest in apartment complexes and hotels and all that sort of stuff too. But my bread and butter, what's so simple and easy for me is four, four units and below. Talk to me about your way of investing and what got you so you had enough money coming in from these properties to be able to quit your job. So uh, when I started investing, my wife gave, told me a rule. If I use my own personal name, um, uh, things are not going to go well between us. So meaning I couldn't sign on the dotted line as Vikram Rai MD doctor with this W-2 salary. So when I was trying to buy my fix and flips, I literally had to, uh, essentially I had an LLC with no value that I was, so I had to go completely creative with all my financing. Wait, 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 hold on. I, I got it. Everybody listen to this. Realize that Vic had a, 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 W-2 job that made a good amount of money, which makes you bankable. Bankable means banks want to give you loans. They love doing it. You <laughs> didn't use that. The, like You had like one of the best uh, ways to start investing. You didn't. You went the hard route. Hard My, I'm impressed. Okay, keep going. I just had to, everybody had to realize <laughs> that is <Yeah>. so amazing. <laughs> so it was all creative. So literally like uh, I got, I took credit cards. I did. Um, oh, uh, I, I, I looked, oh, I was like, oh, I need to. I, I looked, learned about hard money loans. I had to get. Uh, there's a list of accredited investors on the internet, so I paid 197 for this list. And they had people like Mr. Green and Mr. White. I'm like, oh, this seems legitimate. And and, and I, I mean, that's how the the financial IQ of a physician, right? Uh, starting out. And so then I started. Uh, uh, I actually uh, we uh, I had to. I did a Western Union transfer. Uh, for this, uh, uh, this Mr. Green and Mr. White, and they said they would promise to give me the funds to close on one of my deals. Obviously, the funds never came. I lost my couple of hundred bucks on the, the Western Union. So these are the kind of stupid mistakes that I had to learn and grow through. But in the end, you know, and, and the, also one of the reasons I wanted to move on to bigger units was because the way I was doing it, literally, I we had like a twenty-six unit, I mean twenty-six thousand dollar property, put in like twenty k, got up, it was worth eighty. And then when I sold it, we used that money to buy the next one. And then we refinanced that and used the next one. And so there was not much equity in any of these properties. And then the cash flow was great. It was okay, but it was just, you know, it was literally doing it to grow the next one, the next one. So I was like, you know, this is good. This is cute, but this is not going to replace my cardiology income. So I was like, how do I get more doors? And then I heard this guy come to my real real estate investment association. So before the bigger pockets of the world, before meetups, there's things, these things called RIAs. I don't know if people still 
have them around. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that. And how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. But uh, I went to my local RIA and this guy flew in from Boston. He's like, hey, you know, you can do something called syndications and apartments and I'll show you and you they, and investors pay you to, to do it and then you get these fees and I was like, and then you could, you know, you can scale and you can have a property management company manage the whole thing. And, you know, you can sell it in three years for double. And then I was like, wow, this sounds either illegal or pretty cool. I don't know what. <laughs> so that's when I intrigued about apartments and then in rich dad, poor dad, he talks about apartments. Grant Cardone talks about apartments. Um, even Alex Hermosi, if you guys follow him, he talks about apartments. So it's just, it seems to be that thing that, it's probably an evergreen asset that really does make sense. And so one thing I was, I was at that point, I was like, all right, fine. My, you know, I told my wife, I'm not going to use my name, but I'm going to use my connections. And so I said, I'm so instead of not telling people what I do, I started telling people what I do. And once I did that, uh, then I had all these doctors say, Hey, I'll invest. I'll, 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 I'll come in with you. And so I didn't have much money of my own, but these guys did. So I would channel their investments I had the know-how, the knowledge. So I had, you know, I had time, I had time and knowledge equity, and they had, you know, the money equity. And we ended up doing these deals. And so I was helping other folks get their projects done as a sort of a co-GP JV partner. And at some point I realized, hey, look, we can do this on our own. I love that idea. And I personally love multifamily as well. I'm all types of investing. I mean, even from land investing, storage units, um, uh, mobile home parks, not necessarily the mobile homes themselves because they're depreciating assets, but the parks and uh, all types of investing are just terrific. And when you think about multifamily, you're getting per door, uh, or you're getting a lot more doors in one transaction. Now, there's definitely more work involved and you have to raise capital, but more than likely, all of us know people that we can eventually help them to invest and give them opportunities to invest, which is the route that you went. Now, when I talk to uh, or talk about multifamily for myself, what I want to do is instead of you know doing a syndication where I just get everybody's money pulling in together to buy one property, you know, as a down payment, buy one property and then exit in three to five years, because that's usually what syndicators do. I personally like to then after the three to five years, if there's enough equity, refinance, take the cash and pay off my investors, then I hold literally long term buy and hold property, which that's what I love to do. Now, tell me a little bit about if the there's a couple different things in multifamily. There's a syndicator. That's the people that syndicate or, you know, pass along the deal to other people. There's a operators. That's the ones that people that find it, the deals, underwriters. Like there's a lot of different hats that you need to have, or at least uh, have people 
around you. Talk to us a little bit about if we wanted to get into multifamily, not necessarily syndication, but it could be, but like, what would you be your route? And what would you suggest somebody listening to the show? We want to get into it just like you did. Uh, I would say it's one, make a decision. Say, Hey, this is my next step now evolution. And there's a lot of great books out there, you know, um, uh, apartment, um, the best ever apartment syndication book, Joe Fairless. Uh, I think Brian Burke has crushing apartments. Um, uh, multifamily millions, Dave Lindahl. So, you know, reading up all that conferences and all that, it's just good to get this general baseline knowledge. But if I have already done two, three, four, four units, then the question is, how do I get to six and eight units? That's sort of the next, uh, if I was just going to do it in a slow, steady fashion, maybe I would go after an eight or 10 unit. And perhaps what I would do, I would sell a four unit and 1031 into an eight or 10. And then I'm like, okay, this is great. Eight or tens. And then maybe I would bring a couple of people and I would do a tick where it's tenants in common or like where maybe, you know, three partners together buy a 20 or 40 unit. And then at some point when I'm at the 40, I'm like, do I want to do the hundred? And if I want to do the hundred, I'm like, okay, maybe our first syndication was essentially 10 investors and us. I mean, it was not a big deal. And it was like, a, it was 118 unit in 2016. Um, that we bought in Atlanta and it was just, it was, it was not complicated. It was pretty, I mean, the, the, we raised the capital in a week. We just told people what we're doing. All right, we're in, let's go. And then, and then it's just getting some, you know, attorneys and paperwork involved, but other, otherwise you can do it as more of a tenants in common. It's get a little bit stickier because you don't, you have less control, but it's essentially a group of people coming together as partners to buy something. So, um, there's multiple ways to do it, but, uh, what I realized is, and now, you know, the biggest deal I think we've bought in so far is a hundred, a 400 unit. And, uh, I realized the amount of work to take down a 400 unit is similar to the work to take down a 40 unit. So now after a certain level, the number of units doesn't really challenge you. It's just the capital. So as long as you can get the capital arranged, you can take down these things. And so right now in the current environment, it's, um, it's lower leverage you're getting. So you have to raise more capital to get the same number of doors. So probably at this point, I'd lean towards smaller. So stay sub 100 as you're getting started and find, you know, go in the areas that are really attractive, usually in the Sun Belt, where the demographics are shifting, where, you know, people are moving, where the rents are still increasing despite, you know, what's going on and 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 get started. And then it's really, if you have the money, maybe find an operational partner. If you have the operational partner, find the money partner. Um. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Learn to, it, I think multifamily is a team sport. And, and Dustin, you've 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 proven even, you know, all real estate sort of a team sport. So, maybe we can we can chat about that a little bit. But it's really building that team out. One hundred percent. And for me, if I don't have other people working, then I got to work. I mean, everybody's like that. Like, I don't want to work. That's. I mean, I don't want to like be doing the day ins and the day outs of all my any of my businesses. I want to be the one that be, builds a business or buys the investments. But then finding the experts that are going to be doing, and they love doing it. Don't get me wrong. Like, so I'm forcing, I'm not slave, you know, slave master telling them what to do. No, they love doing it. And they love getting paid. Like my property managers, they love being a property manager. I hate it. I don't want to do it. So I'm happy to hire them. Now there's looking at the environment right now, as we're recording, interest rates have been going up and seeing going from like, let's say two to 3% for a residential home, you know, commercial loans, probably a little back um, six months ago, a year ago is probably like four or 5%. Now commercial loans are obviously higher. Residential loans are higher interest rates. Um, it, it that really hinders the ability for a syndicator, in my opinion. So talk to me about what your thoughts are in this general topic or this general idea that I, the one big reason why I don't like syndications is three to five years getting and cashing out because that's incumbent on another syndicator coming on top of you. So you buy it at one price and the three to five years, hopefully it goes up and then another syndicator buys it. And then another three to five years, and then it goes up again, and then another syndicator buys it. He keeps doing it over and over. And so it's incumbent on a next syndicator to come over and buy the next property. But with rising interest rates, they can't. Like the capital doesn't go as nearly as far because interest rates are so high. Talk to me about that. Like, how do you mitigate that? How do you make sure that we're we're not going to like? Let's say that prices come down, interest rates are high, and it's just going to be a little difficult to follow that. Talk to me about how to mitigate that problem. Yeah, that's a great question. I love how you sort of framed that up for me. Um, so uh, the difference between multifamily and uh, single family or even smaller multifamily is um, our values are contingent upon our rental income. So the more NOI we get, the more rental income we get, it actually drives the property of that value up. So a cap rate is essentially, you know, the value of the property, uh, sorry, the value of the property divided by the cap rate is, um, sorry, the value of the the NOI divided by the cap rate is, is the value of the property. So that's that's the strategy. So, um, and I, I know there are syndicators are, are one sort of species of, of buyers out there, but there are multiple species of buyers in the uh, institutional marketplace. I mean, the number one asset class right now in the world, or at least in the United States, is multifamily for commercial real estate. It used to be office, it used to be retail and office, but now, uh, multifamily has been the king for the last two or three years. So 
I am buying from a BlackRock uh, or Black Blackstone, sorry, uh, and I'm selling to like you know uh, another REIT, perhaps. There may be some syndicators in the mix here and there, but I'm I don't need just if it was just some you know local guys, all of us just trying to buy our own deals, then the whole market would probably collapse. But what's happening is pension funds. Tr- billions and trillions of dollars of money is looking for homes. And there's a lot of foreign sovereign wealth funds that are coming into the United States to need to place capital. And so um, of all the asset classes out there, you know, mobile home parks still haven't really recovered. Self-storage is reasonable. Industrial is reasonable. But uh, hospitality is too volatile for a lot of people. Uh, uh, office retail has not made the comeback, even though they're at discounts. And so you can find some selective deals, but overall, that that space may never come back fully. And then, so that really leaves multifamily. And then there's interesting things. So yes, interest rates are high. So that's it's making home ownership unaffordable. So people still have to rent, but at the until they have stability on where we're going, what they're doing is they're renting. But instead of creating new household formation, which is the number we look at in multifamily, they're doing is they're bunking up with their friends. They are. Um, hanging out with their parents for a couple of more months before they go get their own job, you know? And so once we see stability in the employment, even though the employment is the lowest it's ever, unemployment is the lowest it's ever been, we're seeing these, you know, these sexy headlines of layoffs and stuff, which is actually healthy for the economy. We need these layoffs because we were overhired. And so we need a certain amount of unemployment because right now the labor market was too tight. So when that, some of that happens, there's some stability Interest rates, you know, are are based on inflation, and so as inflation finally will peak, hopefully, we're thinking the summer to probably late fall. Then it's I don't care if the interest rates stay high, but the trend has to be on the downward trend. Once we know that, transactional volume all picks up. And so what I'm doing is um, I'm also not worrying about the interest rates because our last deal we bought a hundred million dollar deal, which is a two pack in Atlanta. And one of the de- one part of the deal was the interest rate was three point six percent because we're assuming that person's uh, uh, a loan, and so that's a cool thing. At least in multifamily, you're able to assume a person's loan if you think it's desirable. And so these are the ways we're mitigating the risk, and and then also we're what we call value add investors. So when we go in, if I'm just buying some someone else's leftover and not doing anything to it, yes, I may be screwed. However, but if, if I'm buying in a hot part of the country where growth is happening, there's organic growth of about three to four percent normally, and on top of that, uh, I'm putting in value. Then I can probably bump that that growth up to about ten percent for the first two years. And so, the, there's a value to be buying and holding forever. But what we're doing is we're buying and holding. But what we're not what we're doing is we're not doing it lin- linearly. What we're doing is we're buying, we're in, infusing capital. There's a hockey stick of value that goes up. We're selling at that peak value, 1031, exchanging it to the next property, infusing capital, hockey sticking that up, 1031, exchanging the next property. So you can start with a 10 unit and end up with a you know, 700 unit in, in a decade. And so that's the that's how you get exponential returns versus linear returns. I think that's terrific. And I love how 
when you invest in multifamily, you're basically investing in a business. And so anytime you're doing any business, it's valued on how much money it makes, like you said um, at the beginning of this question answered. Um, and so homes are totally different. You know, it's comparable sales because it's they have like properties. It's just like the same type of car, same color, same make, same model, same everything. You know what it's selling for because other people bought that same car. So it's the like value or price, same thing with homes. But when it comes to multifamily, you're buying a business. This is a business that makes money. We don't hope that the value goes up. We're just going to be making money. And especially, like you said, value add, making the value more because you're making more money in the business. Let's say you you know, you know make it nicer and you you can charge more rent. That That's making more money in a business. And so that's I love that perspective. Now, when we are wanting to raise money, can you give us an idea of if we're going to start asking friends? Like, that's the first thought is, okay, we have how many friends do I have that I can ask and how many family members I can ask? Talk to us about if we're going to, we want to take down that first, let's say 40 or 50 or 60 unit apartment complex, and we need to raise a good amount of money. Who do we go to first? Is it friends and family? Like what, what strategies would you suggest for us to do this? Yeah. The number one thing is I had to get over this as well is I, I had to say, change my vocabulary. So stop asking and start offering, right? So I'm not begging. I'm not asking for them to invest. I'm like, Hey guys, this is an opportunity for you to create passive income without getting you know your hands dirty you get all the benefits you get the tax benefits you get the bonus appreciation you get the the cash flow you get the appreciation and you get the profit at the end all you know by by you know learning about this asset class and then obviously if you trust me and you trust my team and, and you trust the market then then this is a, probably a reasonable opportunity for you so it's lot it starts with more a lot of education and then you say, what are your alternatives? Okay, you can invest in the stock market. Great, pretty volatile. Um, and you know, people have gotten a, a pretty, you know, gotten beat up recently. Crypto, well, didn't really pan out as a lot of people thought. Okay, well, you can invest in treasuries, which is relatively reasonable now, but before it was not. But even with that, let's say you're getting three, four, five percent, but the inflation is, is still six, seven, eight percent. So you're still losing net net. But you know, sometimes it's it feels okay to have cash short term. And then you can, if, if they have their own business and they, they're profitable, I'd say that's probably a better place to invest. But if you need diversification, then I would say real estate. So the top three investments in my mind, um, Dustin, is in your own mindset and in your own self, like coaching, mentoring, reading books, conferences, like things like, like your conference. When is that going to be again? May 4th through the 6th here in Phoenix. And yes, absolutely. If you're investing in yourself, that's the only thing that's really worthwhile investing yeah. in. Yeah. So that's, a th in my mind, that's a 30x return in investing yourself. Number two is investing in your own business. So let's say you have a, you know, a laundromat, you have a, a dry cleaners, you have, you know, you, you have a, a consulting company investing in that. And if it's a strategic investment, that actually makes sense. I think you get a 10 to 15x return. And then finally, investment in real estate is a two to four x return overall over you know the lifespan of of, of and the the thing is real estate's forgiving. It's been proven for the last five thousand years, you know. And um, you, you know, like who would have thought a thousand dollar hotel room existed? But now those are not uncommon now. Like I remember four hundred dollars was crazy for a while for a hotel room. That's not uncommon. Like I remember I stayed at a Holiday Inn in Zion National Park, or it was like a courtyard or something, something simple, but because it was peak season in Zion National Park, it ended up being $700 a night. I was like, this is a courtyard or a holiday inn. I don't understand. So that being said, I 
the you know rents will continuously go up over time. It's just because there's more human population in certain areas who they want to be, and there's not enough housing. And right now, there's a five million unit shortage across the country. So uh, I think we're going to be fine. And if you're in a property right now, hold it as long as you can. And then in terms of raising capital, you know, you want to lean on your own record, your track record of your friends or family who you're partnering with. And you also, um, at the beginning, you probably start with friends and family because that's who will trust you and will be probably reasonable to work with you. And then over time, you become what we call a thought leader or influencer and you bring other type of capital uh, there. The other way to do it is if you want to go professional, you can get institutional capital. You just have to change the economics of the deal where it makes a lot more sense for them. That makes a lot of sense. And I love how you changed or reframed the idea of asking for money. It's it's you're presenting an opportunity to people. You're you're showing them, hey, I have this opportunity. And with that opportunity, you can really win. Like, I'm not trying to take your money. I don't say this, but you you just present. Here's an option for you. Here's I'm giving you this opportunity. If they don't want to take the opportunity, it's okay. You move on to somebody else. But what I love also, and what you talked about at the very beginning of the show, you said that at first you were just doing it on like not your name and you know something like you create an LLC. You're going really really hard. But then you started looking at syndications and multifamily, and then you really started telling people like I'm an investor. Would you want to invest with me? I found by far that was one of the number one things that I did in my business and all my students do in our businesses is start telling people that what we do because they don't know that you're an investor until you tell them, or they don't know. Let's say you play the guitar. Nobody knows you play the guitar unless you literally pick up a guitar and play, or you tell them, oh yeah, I've been playing for 20 plus years and I play in bands and all. Nobody knows. And so if you don't tell them, you're hiding one of your biggest assets is you. And if people buy into you, they like you, they trust you, and hopefully you're trustworthy, then they're going to want to invest with you because they're like, oh, I like this Vic guy. He's a really good guy. He's a great doctor. And I, you know, I've been around him for, for a number of years. Let me see. Let me try it out. And who knows? They might try out one investment and then like that worked out great. Let me try it again. But the more people that know that you like what you do as being an investor, the better and better your life gets. If, even just like being a business owner, if nobody knew that you had a business, how are you going to make any money? You have to tell people, you have to get it out there. So Vic, give us any uh, lessons learned or anything that, that maybe like a big hurdle you had to cross over, or a big you know problem that happened in your business that we would be able to take away from. Uh, I think uh, due diligence and partnerships. Um, due diligence is uh, really understanding what you're buying, what you're getting yourself into, knowing what's and, and preparing for that. So whether it's a single family home or even a like a 200 unit complex. If you don't have enough capital to prepare for the renovations and things, if you're undercapitalized, you're going to be screwed because then you can't get, you can't deliver on what you thought is going to happen on your business plan. And then it's going to be hard to exit on the other side, or it's hard to raise rents or whatever you were planning to do. The second thing is partnerships. Um, at the beginning, you just want to, you're saying yes to everybody, you get yes to everything, and you're just trying to come in there. And you're like, oh, yeah, I met him at a mastermind. He must be a good guy. Or I met him at a coaching conference. Or, hey, this guy was, I worked with him as a, as a coach in some, this, this category. And actually, um, I, I, we actually worked with, uh, th- these were coaches of ours who are asset management coaches. We're like, oh, let's partner with them on this property and let them do the asset management. <laughs> they coach us on asset management. They know what they're doing. And it ended up being the worst decision we ever made. And in fact, they had t- spoken a big game, but they didn't really know what they were doing on the on the ground. And theoretically, they knew, but not on in real life. And so, 
learning to exit a partnership was a painful experience, but it's the right thing to do. Um, and despite all of this, our in that investment, our investors still made returns. You know, despite though though we made literally every mistake in the book, we made every mistake in the book. But that's why I love real estate because it's so forgiving, and uh, it's really about timing. If you uh, a bad operator can crush it in a good times, but uh, and but a a good operator can struggle in bad times. So that being said, you know, get their timing right have cash reserves, have the right partners, and um, and then and then just get a sense of the trends of where, where things are going. Uh, real estate cyclical, the economy is cyclical. And, um, but if you're smart and if you can hold long enough, you'll always be profitable. It, it is sad that you're going to have to kiss a lot of toads before you're actually going to find a good prince, meaning like you have to work with a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, even get into business ones before you realize Oh, this was this red flag or this flag came up and I should have listened to that. But in the end, over time, you're going to really figure out what type of personalities you need to work with or would be great to work out with you. Um, And it's just eventually you're going to get enough people around you that business gets easier and easier. So tell me about the highlights and the lowlights of investing, being being a syndicator, being somebody that's in multifamily. What are the highest highs and what are the lowest lows? The highest highs are... Like last year, um, you know, I took a month off, went to Italy with my family. Phenomenal, amazing. I took a two and a half weeks off, climbed Kilimanjaro, uh, learning Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, you know, I coach our kids' basketball teams, uh, and it's it's phenomenal. You know, those are all the the lifestyle that this kind of investing has given me is is unparalleled. I've been able to write big checks to charities, and you know, overall, I feel happy i feel content i feel strong i feel excited about the foods you're enthusiastic the lows are you know like if there's a deal and it's tight and we need to um you know they meaning get the capital in by a certain time because we have to close the deal that's you know that's always a stressor i'm like all right are we gonna you know get the is it gonna come in on time we have to get you know the capital in and a lot of people everyone's saying yes but this is when they fund is that's always sometimes a challenge and so uh, other things are like sometimes we're impatient, like we want to get a deal done and there's like we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, everyone's ready, everyone's excited, but there's the, the numbers are not working out and it's learning to pull back. Otherwise, you you end up, you know, chasing a deal. And when you chase a deal, you pay too much for it, then you get, you know, bid in the rear end later. So it's having that patience, knowing that it's going to come, you know, in due time. And then sometimes um, some of the challenges have been like, you know, we bring someone on our company, our team, but it was not the right person, right fit. So I've learned to hire slowly and fire quickly. I love that. I, I, I learned that a long time ago, hire slow and fire fast. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest uh, business lessons that I learned that was hard to learn. But once you learn it and implement it, my goodness, your life gets so much better, man. Vic, you've given us so much great insights. I am so glad that you came on the show. How can people find you? Definitely listen to your podcast and maybe hopefully even work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our, our real estate website is vikingmultifamily.com. So if they can find us there and then, um, uh, my podcast is called the uh, the Limitless MD podcast. So, and then Dustin's been a, a guest on there. So, definitely want to listen to that episode. Now, this is great, Vic. So, I appreciate you, man. It's great getting to hang out with you again. And I'm so glad that everybody, all my audience, gets to listen to you and hopefully get started, become successful, and applied. So, I appreciate you, man. That's awesome, man. Have fun at your conference. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. It's going to be.
Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successfully unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors and because you are a part of the successfully unemployed podcast i'm giving you 20 percent off your rubecon pass that's right get 20 percent off of your rubecon pass use the promo code su20 or su20 you need to be at the real estate wealth builders conference join us in the heart of downtown st louis march 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference it's a community of investors get your pass go to rubecon.com r-e-w-b-c and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon Pass.